Welcome back to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. I'm sitting here today with Carol Malinsky, our Director of Content and Curriculum. And uh, last week, we talked about the first five things that you can do as a servant leader to improve diversity competence. And so today, we wanted to go through the other half, six through ten of that same list. Um, So... Diversity and inclusion is absolutely vital in servant-led environments. In fact, I don't think we can call ourselves servant-led if we are not diverse in our organizations. Servant leadership calls us to treat every individual with dignity and respect. So some time ago, we, we uh, wrote a booklet on the subject of diversity. And in the booklet, we included... Uh, 10 tips we called 10 things you can do as a servant leader to improve your diversity competence. So today we just wanted to uh, meet that other half and talk about Mm -hmm. the the final five things that you can do. So Carol, um, just to get us started, can you refresh our our listeners with a description of diversity as it applies to the conversation we'll be having today? Sure, I'd be happy to. And it's great to be here once again. I always look forward to these times to be able to (laughs) sit down and talk about stuff. Well, diversity, as we know, is defined in many ways. Um, People in an organization can have diversity of experiences or viewpoints, backgrounds, and life experiences. We can also view um, diversity from a perspective based on ethnicity, race, socioeconomic status, gender, age, geographical areas, and many others. We need that diversity in our teams, our organizations, and society as a whole if we want to find new ways, new ideas, and produce innovation that results in finding solutions for those we serve. Accepting and valuing difference gives us peace. It makes us more compassionate, and it enriches our lives. It gives us trusted work and family relationships, mentors, and guides. It really gives us friends. Wow. So, yeah, diversity and developing a diverse culture is is incredibly important. Absolutely. We live, as you know, in a very diverse country, Mm -hmm. getting more diverse all the time. So it it really is instrumental in making things work uh, the way they should. Mm. And and just a quick shout out to our listeners. I'm just so happy. We are all so happy to be seeing um, uh, such great feedback from your guys requesting these free gifts that we give out. And, uh, you know, this last episode about diversity competence, we've gotten a lot mm. of uh, free gift requests. So that's great. Uh, we're just so happy that you guys are finding value in these podcasts and continuing to, uh, you know, desire more information from us. Yeah, it's great. We we love being here. <laughs> yeah. So let's hop into these uh, the this final five things that we can do. So let's start with number six in the list of 10. Um, number six says to build relationships, uh, have team members share their stories. Why is that important? You know, this one is really interesting to me because just over the last, I would say, you know, five-year period, really, since I've been with the Institute, um, I've learned a lot more about 
stories and the power of a story, if, if you will. And what happens is, and we, we've seen this happen as we implemented um, servant leadership in Art Barter's uh, company, Daytron World Communications, extremely diverse workforce. Mm. And when people really started building relationships was because we had them in a situation in their servant leadership training where they would tell their stories. Uh. And so it, it was really um, amazing how, because you could see the power of, as people told their stories, they were able to relate to one another in deeper ways and ways they hadn't before mm. because their experiences or their challenges might be similar even though they had very diverse backgrounds. Mm. So it really opened the doors to people um, ha- making, forming great work relationships with one another after they heard these stories. And that's when I started to really see how powerful our stories can be. Mm. And, you know, they're also powerful to our own personal growth when we think back about the, you know, the stories of our life, certainly. We had a, so one of the ways that you can sort of get this rolling, even if you don't have, you know, servant leadership training going on, is um, we had a leader in our engineering group who decided that he wanted to build relationships among his engineers Mm. um, who had diverse backgrounds, different ages, um, certainly different life experiences. But he asked them on a voluntary voluntary basis to work up a little presentation that they could give to their coworkers. Mm. And he used his time during his department meetings And they would uh, give a little background about their life, but then they also were asked to highlight the things that they did outside of work Mm. that were of, you know, of interest to them, things that they were really um, passionate about. Hobbies and whatnot. Yeah, hobbies and things like Mm -hmm. that. And so, I mean, these guys really got into it. I mean, they had little PowerPoint, because they're engineers, they had little PowerPoint presentations, you know, of when they were little kids. Yeah. and it was it really turned out to be very helpful in strengthening the group as a whole and um you know getting them to work together in a better manner and you know where else do you want innovation and in that particular company innovation in our engineering department is very important yeah definitely so um it really worked out well so that it all you know was focused around this idea of having people share their stories with one another. That's so cool. Yeah. That's a, that's such a great example. And then so um, so now going into to number seven, um, this is take time to listen to diverse opinions. I love this one. <laughs> you do, huh? I do. <laughs> um, we'll ask you about why you love that in a second. Yeah. Um, So this is where we use our servant leadership behavior called listen to understand. So it isn't just listening to somebody, it's going deeper than that, right? And um, this is where we have to be very aware as we're listening of, of many things like, you know, don't be working on your computer while you're supposed to be listening to the person who's talking. Um... 
I know that used to be something that I that I did. Or cell phones. <laughs> or cell phones, that's right. But, you know, to be, you know, Put just taking care of those emails <laughs> while you're listening with your other ear and yeah. thinking that that's okay with people, you know, that's, it's not okay with people. It really isn't. They may not say anything to you, mm-hmm. but they know what you're doing. Yep. Um, so get away from your computer, any kind of electronic device so that you can really focus on what they're saying. And this is going to be difficult, particularly if a person has a different viewpoint than you do, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're all different in our thinking. But to make yourself and your mind open enough to really listen to what people saying are saying is vital. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of phrases, a couple of requests we like to use um, and that we teach, and that is to use the phrase, tell me more. Mm-hmm. And help me understand. Those two phrases are just really key. So if you're telling me something, it's, Brian, tell me more about why you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Or tell me more about what happened when you did this or that. Mm -hmm. And then help me understand. Help me understand why you feel you did the right thing when you you know, did whatever, made whatever decision you made, oh, yeah. right? Help me to understand it because, you know, it certainly implies that you don't understand it <laughs> and you're trying to seek understanding. Yeah. So really powerful phrases. And then to be present in the conversation. You know, we talked about getting away from your electronic devices, but, you know, make sure that you're not, as this person's talking to you, that you're not thinking about what you're going to make for dinner that night. Mm-hmm. Um, really important to just be present in that moment for that conversation and to be open-minded enough in your perspective that you can really listen to that person. Because oh, definitely. Because you may really disagree. Oh, yeah. But let them get it out. You know, and and really listen to what they're saying, and you just may, uh, you know, get your mind changed. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very yeah, important definitely. to really listen. Yeah, I I really like this um, personally because, you know, I try and uh, I try and work on this all the time, listening to understand. And I think that um, what it comes down to is, and the way that I I can look at it. Um, is throughout my day or throughout anybody's day, you're kind of having to work at different speeds. And listening requires you to slow your speed down significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just just as a for instance, if you're working on, um, you know, uh, emails, you're just answering emails. Uh, most of the time, the form of communication that's required to answer emails is very quick um, and short and uh, brief, um, but uh, a conversation, someone's sitting down with you. So say you're typing away, answering all these emails, and then somebody comes into your office and has an issue or has to talk to you about something. Um, you have to mentally uh, know that you you have to slow your mind down and you need to be, you, you really do need to push that keyboard away and you need to be able to slow everything down and just be present. And that's really, really difficult because you had, for one, just been working on something else that still has a lot of your concentration. 
So to be able to turn that off is, is, is actually a very physically difficult thing to do. Um, and so I think that in order for you to be successful with this, you just need to be aware. That's why, you know, listening is, is requires you to be so present and to really understand that other part of that is listening to understand requires your full concentration and your full, your full attention. And one of the ways I, I just want, this is an important point that I want to make. Get into this practice of asking questions. Yes. That's something else that kind of came to me. The importance of it came to me, you know, later in my career was how valuable it can be to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Not only because we need the answer, but also because the other person needs to be able to articulate the answer. Yes. And it can also be used when you feel there is not understanding in the conversation asking a question even when you know the answer mm -hmm. can be very helpful for the people that don't understand oh definitely so it's almost like um, it's just a really cool way of showing people that you are listening mm -hmm. and that you're engaged and also drawing out more information from them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that it's important to, uh, you know, to just to really be cognizant of all the things, all the intricacies that go into, you know, good communication and bad communication between two individuals. Yeah. Um, and that's why the, it's so key in this diversity piece, because you really have to know where people are coming from. So there's people are coming from ethnic backgrounds. They're coming from their uh, their age groups. They're coming from their experience level. And, you know, not even to mention the fact that in your department or career paths, things change. Jargon changes. Mm. Um, the way in which processes are done change over time. Certain processes become obsolete. So if you're talking if a 20 year old is talking to a 50 year old and they're both engineers they may have two different ways of describing what they're trying to achieve so and all of those are forms of diversity mm -hmm. that you kind of need to you know both sides need to come together and again like we're saying just be open-minded so um and and have those open ears and be willing to try and understand where the other person is coming from because maybe they know exactly what they're doing and you guys are agreeing with how it's done but you guys are talking and using different words right you know so that it, it's it's complex but once you can like we're saying get on the same page um it makes everything better yeah. and run, run more smoothly well and as you once people get an understanding that you as the leader um, are a listener. Yes. It um, it makes them feel like they are truly a part of the team, particularly if they have a very different, they may have a very different background. Yes. Than the rest of the team, for example. Um, but as you listen to them, they will gain confidence too and, and begin, trust is so involved, gets so involved here. Mm -hmm. um, trust will be built as you do that listening activity. Sure.
Definitely. Okay, so let's jump over to uh, tip number eight. So since there are five generations represented in the workforce now, consider being flexible to meet the needs of all generations. So that's a great segue. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. five at one time. Wow. Five. Yep. <laughs> that's amazing. That is truly amazing. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting um, because I think we've both experienced this, you coming from a millennial perspective and and I'm a, of the boomer generation, the very end of it. Um, and so we, we've certainly seen that in action. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you were born with the computer keyboard in your hand. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I may have some struggles with it. But, but, and this has been kind of a pet peeve of mine is that, you know, we hear all these stories about millennials and all of the, quirks uh, that the millennial generation has and um, that really um, concerns me and I hope that we get done with that real soon mm -hmm. <laughs> because the bottom line is I see so many similarities between um, the millennial generation and how they feel about their work mm -hmm with um, with the boomer generation, quite frankly, um, as far as wanting meaning in our work. Mm -hmm. And meaning and purpose is really something that I feel everybody wants. And, uh, you know, that can be a strength, not a weakness. So really important to find that meaning and purpose in what we're doing and as a leader to be able to express that to all of your employees mm -hmm. um, is very, very important. It's, it's sort of um, foundational, if you will, to a servant-led organization is um, looking for that meaning and purpose and recognizing that it is common to everyone. Um, hopefully, in your group, you're, you know, you can all focus on the same um, purpose for the work that you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, we can certainly, and the other thing that's, that's really important with people now and in the generations coming into the workforce is this balance of work life. Um, and uh, if you can, if it's possible in your particular situation to be flexible with schedules, mm. you know, take a look at that. Because maybe you really can um, be a little bit more flexible with people's schedules so that they can do this blending of, um, you know, uh, of their lives and not be so segmented. Well, this is work and this is home and this is, you know, mm -hmm. my hobbies. And um, so just something to look at. I know for a lot of companies and a lot of professions, that's just not possible. But take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, each generation has got gifts and skills and we also need to look at that with regard to you know how can we take advantage of that mm -hmm. um, we really do see a different you know we all laugh about the technology situation but it really is um, true that um, our younger generations have a really um, 
found, you know, really strong skill set in that area and take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, um, I know I do all the time as far as show me how to do this. I need to do that. Can you give me advice uh, with you or with Olivia, um, you know, to take advantage of the gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would hope that I'm able to help you guys in some way um, with uh, areas that I may be stronger in simply Mm -hmm. because I went through the school system at a certain time and things were taught in a certain way Mm -hmm. um, that didn't necessarily happen with other generations. Yeah, I think that, uh, and and this is just my opinion, but I think that, um, you know, the uh, a common thing that people will say is um, a, uh, a an Achilles heel to the millennial generation is is this instant gratification mm. nature mm-hmm. that they kind of uh, get brought up in. But I think there is some value to that because, you know, I think that older generations. Um, just in general, and I don't think that this is just because of this current, you know, where we're at right now, but in general, I mean, your elders are going to show you things like patience and to take your time with things and to do things right and not to rush and mm-hmm. not to do. There's there's a lot of my peers who are my age that are, um, you know, going along in their careers right now in their 30s and uh, you know, they get they get frustrated after like six months at a job and they're ready to go, <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, we understand because of the five generations and the ex- expectations being set um, or trends being set rather that, um, you know, current millennials are, are going to be, you know, changing their jobs, you know, some 15 to 20 times in their career and that you that a lot of work uh Workplaces are only going to have these individuals for you know a handful of years, but I don't I don't like that statistic. I don't think that that's really great to do. I think that there's something to be really valued um, and to strive for with being at a company for longer than that, um, if you can. And I sought counsel with my elders when I would hear that from my peers of, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you, you, oh, you're, you're in a job for two years. Oh, you gotta, you gotta move on, man. You gotta go to another place or whatever. And I, I would go to, you know, older generations and say, you know, what do you think about that? And they would tell me the value in taking your time, you know, seeing, seeing things out, waiting, um, and being patient and really sitting in your job for a little while. So I think that that is just an example of two different perspectives and being keen to want to, to get a better understanding. Don't just stay in your own understanding, but, but like we said in the last episode, um, you know, be eager to learn from others, you know, is a, is a big part of this whole diversity uh, piece. So, so Yeah. Great. Um, let's go on to point nine if okay. you want to read that for people because it's really related to eight. Gotcha. So uh, number nine says, create an environment where the strengths of each generation can be shared in your team. For example, millennials can be mentored by boomers and millennials uh, or as millennials guide boomers with newer technology skills. 
So what we're really saying overarching here is take advantage of the strengths mm. of each group you may have. Yeah. And, um, and make those younger generations that, that could be represented in your group, make them feel wanted, mm-hmm. listen to them, as we just talked about listening, and take advantage of the perspectives that they may have. Um, this is really important. But at the same time, you may have in your group some folks that are in the latter part of their careers. Mm-hmm. So just a couple things to note on that, since I'm more in that group myself, <laughs> is, first of all, if you are um, a generation, a more seasoned generation, make sure that you're willing to share the knowledge you have. Yeah. Don't hold on to it like, you know, have a death grip on your file folders. Um, share that knowledge because it's very important and it's your legacy. Mm-hmm. So what do you want your legacy to be? Is your legacy, you know, I didn't tell anybody, let them find out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Or is it I did everything I could to ensure that when I leave this position and go on to my fantastic retirement life that I'm going to have, did I do everything I could so that people will, the transition will be made in a smooth way and it's almost like I'm leaving a gift for those that come after me? Mm. Um, I think we have a tendency, there's too many that, that just clutch the information that they have and are not willing to share it. So it's, it's really, really an important thing. Yeah. The other thing is, as a leader, if I have more seasoned employees, don't make them feel like they're not necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. And they may be feeling very sensitive you know, I'm very fortunate in that, um, you know, I feel valued in the work that I do. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people that just get bypassed. Yep. And um, and as, as an employer and as a leader, you're really missing an opportunity here to, through your relationship with these people, um, get to know them and get to know what their strengths are and what what knowledge they may have that can be passed on to the group. And you're not going to get uh, you know, the benefits of that if you are constantly bypassing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very sensitive area, certainly, at, at both ends. Both ends, yes. Yeah. So we really need to work on that and to recognize that we all bring gifts to the table. Yeah. So bring everybody to the table and let them have a say when they get to the table, not just a seat when they're at the table. Definitely. I think that the the number one thing that calls out to me is that servant leaders are here to inspire and equip those they influence. Mm-hmm. And with that that can be felt on every uh, on, in in every one of those seats right so right. the millennial the more seasoned person and the employer 
um, of, of both of them mm-hmm. or the manager or the leader of both of those those people and what that means is that you're constantly trying to see what you can provide others so if you are the seasoned person and you have this wealth of knowledge go out of your way and and don't don't be self-defeating and think that like you said before that I yeah what I know is most likely obsolete I don't think it's going to really help anybody you know don't be defeating in that way go out and go to that millennial and say hey just curious would you like to sit down with me and and you know pick my brain about certain things that's you going out and saying mm-hmm. okay I'm try I want to serve you and all you're doing is asking that question you're putting it out there and then that millennial also needs to know and and uh, you know be courageous enough to go to that seasoned person and ask the opposite of that so is there can 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 i pick your brain mm-hmm. can you know can i can i sit down with you can i buy you a cup of coffee and can we just sit and and because maybe as a i know that i do i what i need more than anything is coaching you know, mm-hmm. I need some mentorship. I think that every young leader needs a mentor or a few to be able to go to and say, hey, I have this problem. You've probably experienced this multiple mm-hmm. times in your career. How do I deal with this? Mm-hmm. And then the leader, the leader is just there to serve both parties and, and make sure that the environment that, the, that both parties are in allows that, that synergy to happen. So I think that... I think that that's incredible. Creating that environment is huge. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, 10, the final, the final tip here is when you hire, look not only at diversity in race, ethnicity, and age, but also in diversity of thought. Yeah, so we, we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, we don't want... We don't want just everybody thinking, walking, and talking, and speaking the same. Mm. Um, Because there's great value in the fact that people are different. And they're always going to be different. And it's key for us, the key phrase with respect to that is that we treat everyone with dignity and with with respect. So as you're interviewing and as you're hiring, Keep in mind, of course, character and competence, and that should be that should be your guidepost right there. Is character and competence, and then you know this diversity of thought is another factor in your thinking. Innovation is going to come through the differences in people, mm. not through the sameness. Yeah, and our strength lies. You know, Stephen M. R. Covey said this. He said, our strength lies in difference, not in similarities. Mm. So it's really important that we try to get um, different types of people with different backgrounds. Mm. And I think, I think naturally you will, but it should just be an awareness that you have and that you carry with you about you know, what will really make the most dynamic team. Mm. And to not, you know, 
forget this idea of strength in difference. Gotcha. So so this would be a great thing to actually be observing in the hiring process. So in interviews, making sure that as the interviewer, you have questions that kind of probe um, how the person thinks. Yeah, right? that and also to just, um, you know, include like, a, you know, sh- as you draw out of this person um, information about their experience, mm. to, to just be aware, you know, that they have a different background, they have a different way, maybe they have a different way of thinking, something unique. What's an, a unique approach you brought to a project that you worked on? Mm. Something, you know, questions like that so that you can get a feel for, um, for who they are. Yeah, just seeing how they answer yeah. it. But, but don't let that take the place of looking for your character and your competence. Gotcha. You know, because character character's going to win out every, you know, every time mm-hmm. in a hire. Yeah. Because even with competence, you can um, train. Okay. Yeah. But with ca- character, you can't fake character. Well, you can fake character, yeah. You definitely can. <laughs> but, um, but character is something you should be looking for. Yeah. And and I mean this is this is vital if you are trying to create such such a dynamic uh, culture. Is mm-hmm. that bringing new people into this culture? You need to make sure that the culture, you know, it remains healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, the culture can change slightly, but you don't ever want to go back uh, backwards or negatively in a culture. Obviously, so you need to make sure that the people that you're hiring can be in alignment with right. it. Right. Right. And it's and that's a constant, constant search mm-hmm. and a constant focus as a leadership team. Yeah. Is you know, are we maintaining? Let's say you've developed a servant leader. Um, culture how do I go forward and make sure that I retain this servant led culture mm-hmm. and that's something you got to be vigilant about every day yeah you know because it's very easy for things to in our humanness for things to slip back and, and, uh, and not be following that that heart work. Mm-hmm. Vicki, our friend Vicki Clark said, this is heart work, but it's also hard work. Mm. And she's very right about that. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. So um, as we uh, as we round these out, let's go ahead and take a brief uh, moment to just recap um, the last five tips that we had just talked about. So six was... Um, about building relationships uh, and have, uh, having team members share their stories. Um, seven was talking about taking time to listen to diverse opinions. Eight had to do with, uh, since there are five generations represented in a workforce now, consider being flexible to uh, meet the needs of all the generations. Uh, nine was talking about creating an, an environment where the strengths of each generation can be shared in your team. And then uh, 10 uh, was talking about when you hire people, 
look not only at diversity in race, ethnicity, and age, but also in diversity of thought. Um, so we have some organizational benefits for yeah. having diversity. Can yeah. you let's go just through kinda, those? Let's just kind of summarize yeah. um, some of these uh, concepts of the benefits of diversity. First of all, we know greater innovation and flexibility. You have mm. people with differing backgrounds, different points of view, different perspective. Um, it's going to bring to the table greater innovation and flexibility. You want to make sure through diversity that you're really having attaining full utilization of your people assets. Mm. Shared organizational vision and increased commitment among diverse employee, employees, I'm sorry. Um, and then you're going to have reduced interpersonal conflict if you can achieve this dignity and respect between our differences, mm. no matter what those differences may be. And then, of course, the ultimate, uh, to my way of thinking, and that's enhanced work relationships. So although we may be very different, the environment becomes, I know this is going to sound trite to some people, but it becomes like a family. Mm -hmm. And you really, you know, people care about one another. Um, they help one another. You get away from this, you know, I got to win kind of philosophy. Yeah. And when someone is, when one person's down, another person picks them up. And that's all part of what happens when you transform this culture um, into a servant-led culture where we truly care about one another instead of, um, you know, just trying to put one another down. Does it happen in a day? No, it doesn't. Um, because you're fighting people being human. Um, and I think about gossip and how that plays into this. And, uh, but it can certainly cut back on that. And it's something that we need to work on every day. Mm. So I have a question for you now, now that we've you know, gone through two episodes of going through these, uh, outlining these 10 things. Um, that a servant can do to to improve their diversity competence. Do you have any final thoughts, final takeaways, um, and or you know a, maybe a final suggestion or tip uh, for for people to to leave this podcast with? Well, you know, I I started to think about that, Brian, and I was going through some um, quotes that we have that we've gathered from past conferences. Uh, from our friend Vicki Clark, who really who gave our presentation on diversity and inclusion at the conference, it was very powerful. But Vicki said this, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna use this as my closing statement, if you will. Um, Vicki said, individually, in every conversation, we have an opportunity. With every email, we have an opportunity. In every encounter, we have an opportunity to create a just and caring world. And that, to me, says it all. We want to be diverse. Mm. 
Mm. Because we want to create a just and caring world for everyone. Mm-hmm. That Vicki Clark. <laughs> <laughs> she is good. Um, okay, so as we wrap up here, um, I wanted to let uh, all the listeners know of a few resources that we can check out or that you can check out that pertain to this subject of diversity competence. First is a free gift we would love to send you that goes along specifically with this episode. So email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com with the title Diversity Confidence Part 2. Secondly, there is another great podcast episode we put out a while back from Vicki Clark uh, and her presentation from our 2019 conference where she talks about diversity and inclusion. If you haven't listened to that, it's, it's so amazing. And, and then finally, we want to let you know of two great implementation booklets in our web store titled The Power of Diversity, which is uh, the one that we got these 10 things from, and then uh, Power of a Story, which we think will really benefit you and your organization. So both of those are available in print and digital versions. And then finally... Uh, We would love to start a new segment during each podcast episode where we read questions that you listeners have and answer them. So let us know of situations that you may be struggling with when it comes to your leadership or your organization. All questions will remain anonymous. Uh, So if you have a question you would like us to answer, just email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com. So for now, thank you, Carol, for sitting down with me and going through the final five things that we can do. Um, and thank you to all the listeners for allowing us to add value to your day. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. It's our pleasure.